Before you listen to this podcast, you can subscribe to The Critic magazine with the current offer of three issues for just £5. Head to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk, to subscribe today. The wait is over and Democratic Party presidential nominee Joe Biden has chosen Kamala Harris as his running mate. It's being described as the safe choice, but is it the wise choice? And do vice presidential choices make much difference to who Americans want to elect to the White House in any case? I'm Graham Stewart, and to discuss what Kamala Harris brings to the US presidential elections is the critic's US editor, Oliver Wiseman, who joins me from Washington, D.C. Tammy Duckworth, Susan Rice, Gretchen Whitmer, Elizabeth Warren. Ollie Wiseman, what is it that Kamala Harris has that these other potential nominees for the Democratic vice presidency did not have? Well, um, she's, um, it depends on, on which one you're comparing her with. But um, firstly, she's a, she's a black woman, which not all of the people in that list are. Um, and there was a feeling in Democratic, uh, in the Democratic Party that given the kind of racial reckoning America is going through right now, that um, it would be advisable that um, Joe Biden picked a a non-white um, um, running mate, and uh, Kamala Harris is the daughter of an Indian mother and a, and a Jamaican father. Um, so she has quite an interesting um, backstory there. Um, she also has um, real presence on the on the national political stage. Um, she's a she's a senator from California, which is a very high profile position. Um, in Washington, and she also obviously ran for um, the presidency or the Democratic nomination herself last year. So she's been kind of the theory is she's been kind of road tested as as a politician. There aren't, you know, um, at least the Biden team would hope there aren't sort of any any uh, sort of unfortunate secrets about her past hi- hiding that have that haven't been um, dug up already. Um, and so those are kind of big factors. Another factor is she is a um, at least in terms of the direction of the Democratic Party today, she is more in the moderate um, lane. Uh, she's she's not um, an out-and-out progressive um, like, say, Elizabeth Warren, um, who would, I think, have risked alienating quite a lot of important um, swing voters. Uh, that said, she is. I mean, objectively, the, the Democratic Party has moved to the left a long way uh, in recent years. And she sort of, in, in her primary bid, she... She came up with a, a very progressive healthcare plan. She, she on social issues, she's she's very liberal. So, I mean, some conservatives in America would balk at the suggestion that she was a moderate. But I think by the standards of the modern Democratic Party, you know, she's definitely she's definitely in the Biden, um, non-Bernie Biden kind of moderate sort of wing of the party. Given the uh, wide spectrum of opinion. Uh, in the Democrat Party. Uh, is it the case that all uh, Democrats will rally behind her, or will there be a lot of uh, Democratic Party supporters and activists, particularly on what we might call the, the Bernie Sanders wing of the party, uh, who will uh, think that she's simply not progressive enough, not enough of an activist, and will uh, uh, either stay at home or not uh, be as active as they might be? Well, I, I think the way to think about that is is to 
is to say that that's been a consideration or, or a worry for the Biden campaign all, all along. I think it's a it's a real it's a you know it's a, it's something worth worrying about for them. Um, but so far, all the signs are that you know that the prospect of kicking Trump out of the White House is kind of motivation enough for these people, and there isn't a huge um, there isn't a kind of 2016 style sense of like these people these are all, these guys are all the same washington doesn't work for us we should vote for the green party or something you know that that mood has definitely changed i think that's helped by the fact that actually biden has um on policy even though it's not getting a huge amount of ten- attention biden has actually shifted to the left it's a funny paradox usually usually president democratic presidential candidates will shift to the left during the primary and then swing back to the center when it comes to trying to trying to win the, the general election and Biden's kind of done the opposite on, on some policy areas, on, on the environment and, and, and other areas. And, and so I think part of the reason why there isn't more frustration on the, in the Bernie wing is actually because they have been kind of mollified by Biden's team. Now, I don't think, you know, I don't think Kamala sort of changes that dynamic fundamentally. I think her and Biden are quite similarly sort of ideologically flexible politicians. They're not, um, they, they aren't sort of known for their, strong convictions on 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 substantive policy and so i don't think that in picking her uh, biden has kind of done anything to really um kind of rub rub the left the left up the wrong way uh she's a, an asian american and an african american is identity politics important to her well i think that it certainly is important to her selection as 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 vice presidential um, uh, nominee on Biden's ticket because, you know, Biden made it a huge amount of the fact that he was going to pick a woman. Um, and so that was explicitly the case. And then, as I, as I said, there's a, there's a kind of, um, there's a kind of, there's a lot of pressure to pick a, a black woman or at least a, a non-white woman, uh, as well. So I think that, you know, you can, uh, you can't really understand her nomination without understanding the role of identity in American politics today. You know, on, so on the one hand, she's obviously sort of benefited from the way in which identity works in American politics. One of the interesting kind of paradoxes of her selection, however, is um, we're at this moment of, of sort of racial reckoning in America, and the focus is very much on police reform and, and the criminal justice system and how that impacts uh, African Americans in particular. And so, one of the sort of ironies of her choice is that uh, of Biden's choice of her is actually that she's. Part of her backstory is is as a very sort of tough prosecutor in in uh, California, pushing for um, pushing for quite sort of um, stringent punishments on uh, on Californian criminals and or defendants, I should say. And so, you know, that sort of I guess that kind of illustrates your point about identity that what matters first and foremost is kind of who she is, rather than 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 the policies she 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 represents. Uh, I've been uh, Attorney General of San Francisco and of California. Are there any uh, legal skeletons in uh, her cupboard that could be used to try and undermine her that, that, that are already well known about? Well, that's the, I mean, that's sort of the main one is that is this sort of very tough, tough um, prosecutor record. Um, you know, there's a sort of libertarian and also a left-wing kind of uh, mantra which is that she's a kind of Kamala is a cop basically um and that's actually very interesting in this election because and it's actually in a funny kind of way it shows why she's a good pick because her weakness 
in some people's eyes, is, is a strength to the Biden campaign. If you look at the um, if you look at the national conversation and you look at the way in which um, Donald Trump is is trying to frame frame the election, he's trying to run on this very tough law and order message. He's trying to say that that Biden and the Democrats are kind of slaves to the radical left and that they are they can't be trusted to to stop um, you know look at the chaos in, in Democratic run cities. Um, and so actually, if the biggest weakness of Kamala is that she's a tough on crime prosecutor, that's actually, that's arguably, that's arguably helpful for the, for the Biden campaign. Mm -hmm. Well, there's been um, predictable trash talk uh, about her from the, from both Donald Trump and Mike Pence already. Uh, but um, within the Trump-Pence camp, do you think they will be uh, more horrified or relieved that uh, she's been chosen as as the Democratic Party's uh, vice presidential nominee. Well, I think they won't be surprised by the choice. Is the first thing to say, and you know, they they had their kind of videos up ready to go about ten seconds after um, after Biden announced uh, who, who was running it would be. Uh, and I think Trump said yesterday, you know, I was hoping it would be Kamala. That that's the one I wanted him to pick. And that's obviously, I mean, there's sort of a lot of games being played there. I think you would have had a lot more fun with. Um, Elizabeth Warren, for example, who he's kind of goaded very successfully in the past. Um, that being, and I think it's also worth pointing out that, that you know, the to me at least, the the attacks from so far from the Trump campaign on Harris are kind of in, uh, kind of inco not incoherent, but they're, they're contradictory in the sense that a she's being a they're trying to paint her as a kind of as a as a as a radical and, and uh, you know, the vessel with which the radical left will, will undermine America. And B, they're trying to say that she's a phony and what does she really believe? She just says what people want her to say. And, um, you know, she's a classic politician, an empty suit. Um, and those aren't really, I'm not sure, like if, I'm not sure those kind of add up, if you see what I mean, you know, the radicals and phonies are very different things. And you can't, it's difficult kind of course for them to steer to try and say that she's, She's in hock to the left when she's a sort of, you know, there was reporting yesterday that kind of Wall Street executives are extremely happy with her pick. Um, and, you know, she's sort of pro-trade. And so that's kind of the contradiction, which, again, the Trump campaign was struggling with with Joe Biden. And I think Biden's choice of Harris is kind of kind of symptomatic of his broader approach to, to the election in that sense. Uh, now, uh, of course, Ollie, I mean, she's stood in, uh, in the earlier rounds of the um, uh, presidential nomination for, for, the, for the Democratic Party, and she dropped out. I mean, she had one now memorable moment where, you know, her biggest hit was actually uh, an, an attack on, on Biden. Um, what, what, why did her own campaign to uh, run uh, not really catch fire? Well, that's a... Good question. It's actually one that I think explains quite a lot of the hesitance, hesitancy on the part of uh, Biden to, to, to pick Harris, uh, or at least, at least I should say, part, reportedly parts of Biden's team were um, were kind of umming and ahhing a bit reluctant about the move because a the point is, you know, if the logic is she's been tested on a national stage, well, she has been tested and and she and she flopped badly. You know, she didn't she didn't do well in the in the primary. So why does that necessarily mean she'd be a great vice presidential candidate? Um, and the second point is uh, the attack on Biden, which, um, you know, some people thought was a bit below the belt, a bit unfair. Um, and 
that leads some other people in the Biden team to wonder, you know, how, how can, can we trust her as vice president? Is she is she wholly on team Biden or is there going to be from day one a kind of operation operation Kamala 2024 or 2028 in terms of um, her own political ambitions and so I think that her primary experience is, is is broadly what explains that kind of that kind of uncertainty and I think in terms of explaining why she she, she failed is she failed to do what Biden did she uh, Biden when it was when it looked extremely unfashionable and 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 like political suicide to kind of stay on the to, to the right of his party's um, to the right of his party in terms of his policies, Kamala kind of blew with the wind a bit, and she came out with this very left wing, um, by American standards, very left wing healthcare plan and a number of other things that kind of left her in no man's land because she wasn't the obvious moderate, nor was she the the true believer like Bernie or the kind of wonk like Elizabeth Warren, and so she kind of stranded herself a bit. Um, and so, you know, that I think actually explains, that's kind of an important difference between the two of them. Biden, a bit more experienced, kind of, kind of knew um, that, that, that eventually the voters would, or, or trusted the voters to, to, to back a more moderate platform. And I mean, are, are we getting more excited about this than we perhaps need to be? I mean, traditionally, the choice of vice presidential candidate is, is rarely the, the de- defining matter in a, in a presidential race. Is it different this time? Well, I mean, I think you could probably write a golden rule of American politics that we all get too excited about more or less everything. Um, um, and that's certainly true of, of, the, of the vice presidential pick. And it's especially true this year because, you know, because of the pandemic, everyone's sort of stuck at home. There haven't been huge amounts of campaign trail drama because that, there isn't really a real world campaign trail. You know, there, there haven't been many sort of chart, sort of storylines and and news cycles that have really kind of moved things on. And so I think people have got excited about this because it's something that they can, that they can, um, that they can focus on that might sort of change things up. And I, and I guess for that, re- for that reason, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an argument that it matters more this year than previous years because there's the, the so, so little else going on, uh, at least on the ground. Um, and the only other, the other thing I'd add to that is, you know, a vice presidential pick is more important to the country when, the, the person doing the picking, the presidential candidate, is is as old as Biden is, and you know has has hasn't said explicitly, but some think may only stand for for one term. So in terms of you know a potential next president for the country, or at least the next Democratic Party leader, um, you know this, it's a very kind of consequential consequential thing. Mm-hmm. So really, we we should be seeing her, and both opponents in the media will see her. As, uh, as, a, as a president in waiting rather than, than merely someone who's, who's uh, never going to be more than a vice president. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's part of the reason why this, certainly part of the reason why there's sort of extra excitement this year. So wh- wh- where, where does this decision leave us in terms of the wider uh, picture for the presidential race? We've got uh, about three months to go. Uh, th- does this change anything? Um, or actually... Uh, do you think the the tectonic plates are are locked in position? Well, I think that um, it shows what the what the decision by Biden shows is is that he's confident in his position. He he does have a strong lead in the polls, um, and insofar as any two horse race in a highly partisan political environment like like the U.S. Um, 
in, insofar as that can ever be anyone's to lose, it's, it's Biden's to lose right now. Um, now that doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't mean Biden, we can all, you know, move on and it's, it's, it's impossible for Trump to win. Of, of course, of course, Trump could still win, but Biden's in a strong position. Harris is a, as a pick kind of underscores that because it's a fundamentally uh, safe choice. You know, it's, it, he's not rolling the dice. He's not trying to, it's not a desperate move to try and close a gap against, against Trump. Um, and so I think that certainly, certainly Biden's ahead. I think that that being said, who knows what could happen between now and election day. It's an extremely unusual year in which we have this pandemic. You know, we have this huge contraction in economic activity at the beginning of the year. We'll probably have, um, we'll probably have a, a, a turnaround at some stage, hopefully for the Trump campaign before uh, election day. And, and, you know, there's this big bailout, um, sorry, this big, um, this big um, economic stimulus and support package being negotiated on the Hill at the moment. You know, it's, un it's unclear kind of which party is going to, is going to benefit from that if there is an agreement or, or suffer if there isn't. Um, and so I think that Biden's ahead. Biden, Biden has a strong lead. Um, but, you know, th there's still, there's still plenty of time. I think Harris as a, as a, as a pick makes it harder for Trump to win, but um, it's a highly partisan country. It's, it, you know, no, no lead can ever be that big. And I mean, one thing that is different this time, of course, is, you know, campaigning in a, in a time of coronavirus. There are not going to be the huge mass rallies that there have been in previous uh, presidential races. Um, that, that will inevitably mean well, that the campaign is... The theory is that Biden uh, is sort of, sort of benefits uh, what, from what that. In the sense like the that effect you may that have... Trump on is a sort of more energetic and, and um, uh, energetic campaigner who kind of thrives out there on the stage with his part with his faithful kind of cheering him on um whereas biden is kind of happy to just to just become a more generic candidate who's just the non the non-trump candidate you know he can kind of retreat um a little bit and, and allow trump to kind of make mistakes and, and just just indirectly benefit from those um that said there's a kind of you know the trump campaign are very like this line about biden kind of hiding in his basement you know, I think that's that's a little over that's a bit of an oversimplification. You know, they've put out some plenty of policy positions and are are kind of out there and and doing things. They're just not charging around the country with thousands of um, voters meeting them at airports and so on. So, so you know, it's a strange dynamic. I think mostly the the more important thing is actually just is not so much the physical campaign trail. It's just that. The, the coronavirus not going away as an issue ultimately is is hugely damaging for for Trump, who who you know is is copying a lot of the blame for it, and and that's just like the that's the determining um, that's the that's the defining dynamic of, of of this campaign, really. Well, Thanks, Oliver Wiseman. Uh... Three months still to go, but things hotting up, we will have to leave it there for now. But thank you very much for your insight. If you've enjoyed listening to The Critic Podcast, why not subscribe to have the magazine delivered to your door? Subscribe today with the offer of three issues for just £5 by heading to our website, www.thecritic.co.uk.